In a make-believe world as vast as Hollywood can offer, there are movies that stood the test of time to us and to us alone. These films may or may not resemble the critically acclaimed classics that have acquired accolades at glittering star-studded award ceremonies, but have won their way into our hearts. These movies are not iconic, but myconic. Today we mull over the vigilante antics of a hideously disfigured bum genius and the intense action of a high-octane hostage situation that'd make your grandma give up her bus pass. The films are Dark Man and Speed. You want me to like present? Yeah, just take take us in. Use all of your uh, Graham Norton slash Dale Winton prowess to bring us in. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I've never done this before. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. okay. So, well, here we are recording another episode of Myconic Movies. And I, do you know what we've never done? We've never said who we are. And I don't think we ever should. I think we should just we should leave be it be. Men of mystery. And not, yeah. Yeah. No, well, uh, I think we shouldn't necessarily share who we are because essentially we are nobodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter who we are. No, that's true. You either value our opinion or you don't. Yeah, and it yeah, our names don't matter a jot into whether you agree with us or not in our uh, opinions on these these films. But right, well, today we're going to be discussing Darkman, the nineteen ninety uh, Sam Raimi superhero movie, mm-hmm. and also the nineteen ninety four Keanu classic Speed. Yeah. Indeed. So. You get to decide which one we do first. Um, I think, um, well, I suppose Darkman for me was a first. This isn't. It was your your suggestion. We suggest one. It uh, was one movie each, and this one in particular, I've never actually sat and watched before. So it was, it was an exciting adventure for me. Um, not knowing what it was going to be like going in. I can safely say that it didn't disappoint. Oh, okay. Well, um, this this is a first because obviously I've seen all the films that you'd suggested mm-hmm. um, and you'd seen all the ones I'd suggested to this point. So had you... So before coming into that then, did you know much about it? Had you heard of it? Yes. So this is... This is I suppose this is my first time watching it, but it's not my first interaction shall we say with the film itself in as much as i suppose this is a little bit of a blast from the past this whole experience that i'm about to describe is um not one that the kids shall we say would be familiar with these days um back when me and my brother were sharing a room in the 90s um albeit this film came out like what 80, 1990. 1990, okay. So right mm-hmm. at the, the very start of the decade. Um, during that time when me and my brother shared a room, he had gone down to the local video shop, video rental shop, which again is just a phenomenon, uh, that, mm. or phenomenon that you are, if you're Alien. not familiar with it, if you weren't born or lived during that time, it's completely new in the, in the age of, of streaming services like we've got now. 
So where people would go and new movies that weren't in the cinema anymore, but pre-ownership release on video, that is to say VHS cassette, you would go and you would rent them. Um, mm. Netflix itself actually started out as like a mail order rental service for DVDs. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what Netflix oh, used right. to be. Um, right. But anyway, so he went down and he just wanted some kind of some decoration for our room. And he went into mm. the fella at um, in Litchfield. He went to Video Nights, which was... Um, a popular video rental place. It was just an independent. Wait, is that one. is that video K N I G H T S? Yes, it was K N I G H T S, and it had like a little knight um, chess piece as the logo. On Fantastic! The, on the a little independent video shop. Independent I love that. Video, video rental, rental shop. Video rental. Yes. So this was like almost underground by comparison yeah. to today. So anyway, he goes in and he says. Have you got any posters, mate, for your for any movies that have been out? And he just went, yeah, here you go, take your pick, and just showed him all these old rental posters nice. that they would have had in the window that he just didn't need or want anymore. So mm. Christian goes, yoink, I'm taking those. And of that massive haul of posters that he got, um, one of them was a poster for Dark Man. And right. I remember seeing it and thinking, whoa. And I would have been really young at that point. Like, I, mm, it wouldn't like have been, five, yeah, six, it wouldn't have even seven. been like 10 year old. Yeah, I probably would have been about five, yeah. six. And thinking, oh, that looks like a really scary, moody movie mm. from, from back in the day, just from the poster alone. And that was all I really knew about it. I knew it was a Marvel film as well, like, it was a Marvel character. Um, no. From, from back, was it not? It- it's n- it's not. Um, I thought it was Marvel. It was okay. So Sam Raimi of Evil Dead and yes, yeah. um, other films, um, Spider Man. He did latterly after after this. Okay. He he was so he's a big comic book fan. He he actually wanted the rights to the Shadow, right? And to to make a film, he couldn't get them, and so he wrote his own comic book type character mm. and this was his creation ah, and the comic so... book came after the film ah. so there was a comic but it came after the film so he created this this character oh okay interesting well there you go so that i mean that just epitomizes just how little i actually know about yeah. dark man <laughs> so how did you when did you first see this how did you first come about watching it so like you I shared a room with my much older brother, seven <laughs> years my elder, which brings with it um, a lot of beatings as a young child. <laughs> but also the positives of sharing a room with your brother is you get to see films which are much older than you yeah. should be watching. Yeah. So you are you grow up a lot watching um, yeah, wholly inappropriate films. I saw as a kid... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> and The Exorcist, both as pirate <laughs> copies on the same VHS. So, yeah. And how old would you have been? I would have been about nine or ten. <laughs> <laughs> and like I say, on VHS, just pirate naughty copies, like proper, yeah. proper snide copies yeah. of these movies. But yeah, it was like an yeah. avenue, wasn't it, to an older world? Oh. 
Yeah, because we, we, you, you grow up a lot, a lot more quicker than you would maybe your other siblings who are maybe like the oldest, yeah, who are shielded yeah. for like an extra six, seven years mm. from this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, so my brother would have, uh, again, maybe on VHS or taped it off TV at some point. Mm-hmm. So I, I might have been a little bit older than you um, when I first saw it. But it would have been me kind of trying to get to sleep while my brother's watching this on the TV, not not giving a jot about the fact that I'm like way too young to be watching it and I'm trying to get to sleep. So you just so I'd be kind of watching bits of it. Um and then I'd I, you know, he'd watch it again and again. So I would have kind of consumed it in, in bit parts probably yeah. to begin with. Um but he was a big fan. In fact I think that uh um like uh for they had some something on when he was at college for which he would have dressed up and i think he went as dark man so like with, the, with that kind of jacket and like he's into he's, he does art so he does like a now he does really quite good kind of um not prosthetics but kind of like uh makeup to make it look like he's got like cuts and yeah, braises yeah. and and that kind of stuff and i can remember him getting some um, and he'll tell me if 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 he listens to this, he'll tell me if I'm wrong. But I'm sure he he got some wax, melted some wax, oh, and then like nice. cut into it, like kind of put 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 it onto his hand, and then like as it solidified, and then he was able to do some stuff with <laughs> See, it to make it look ty- like that's typical of your brother. Like in my mind, Jod, even now, sorry, if I'll probably scratch mm. that. In my mind, your brother. No, now, it's, f- it's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's, you can say his name, Jody McCall. Is still. <laughs> Is still like a big nerd, like in as much as yeah. he was always a proper nerd back in the day, real big into a lot of the sci-fi franchises, superhero yeah. franchises, still is like massively into the the minutia, the detail of that kind of thing. So that comes as absolutely no surprise to me that he would have been into. No, that. so so he he really liked it. So and it, so mo- again, so all all down to him that I'm that I picked this film really because I would never have come across this film had it not been. Yeah. I mean, I don't, the thing is, is like, I don't like comic book films. I've never watched any of the Marvel movies. I've watched very few, uh, you know, that kind of thing just doesn't bother me. And I don't, I don't feel it translates to cinema very well, the comic book style. Whereas mm. I like reading comic books. I like graphic novels. I find it difficult for it to work on screen because it's, I don't know. So uh, I'll give you a couple of instances with with this. Yeah. So sorry. Should we give okay. the, uh, the people a bit of a blurb actually, so they have an idea? Oh sure, sure. We haven't. We haven't. Do you have a blurb? So I handy? have a blurb there. Yeah. So <laughs> this is the thing with this movie is. Uh, well, I'll just I'll read the blurb. We'll probably get into it. So when thugs employed by a crime boss lead a vicious assault on Doctor Peyton Wilder, played by Liam Neeson leaving mm-hmm, him literally mm-hmm. and psychologically scarred, an emergency procedure allows him to survive. Upon his recovery, Wilder can find solace only by returning to his scientific work, developing synthetic skin and seeking revenge against the crime boss. He assumes a phantom Avenger persona called Darkman, who with malleable facial qualities is able to infiltrate and sow terror in the criminal community. Mm. 
I have a problem with that, with that blurb, okay. because it makes it sound better than the actual storyline i think is <laughs> because okay so the 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 baddie this crime syndicate is really just a builder and that's all he's trying to do is is build some property just a tradesman <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> moody tradesman and i get that he's 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 corrupt and he's bribed um and this is the whole point he's bribed some officials to get mm. these skyscrapers built yeah um Liam Neeson's girlfriend um, discovers this yeah. and in a memo, because, of course, you, you would put your dirty dealings in a memo. <laughs> All that my some, secret some works lawyer... of darkness yeah. are written down yeah. somewhere. <laughs> of course, well, sometimes they are, but it just seems a bit kind of outlandish. And then they go in, they want that piece of paper that she's found. They blow up his his lab where the piece of paper is and and... Dis, you know, think that they've killed him and blown him up and whatever. But it's it's not really the most kind of scary boss. It is it is just like a nineteen eighties capitalist builder. You know, a Donald Trump type character. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not the most. But it's we not do the, have to the note, most hardcore. We do have to note like his crew of um, of like. Hard men that he goes around with, in as much yeah, as... you've got one of um, Wayne's World. Um, <laughs> you've got the dude mates. smiling. <laughs> is the fella yeah. one of the crew from Wayne's World? Yeah, um, but also one of the things that is embodied by this crew of hardcore um, hit or hit men or, or heavies, the muscle yeah. of the, the baddies, the muscle, the main yeah. baddies crew, is. And I noticed it was kind of an ongoing theme because they take on, like, in the first instance, like another crew of of heavies. And yes. um, one of the kind of... This film embodies a look during the 90s, certainly the early 90s, coming out of the tail end of the 80s, of long hair being synonymous mm. with the badass. But the yes. more badass you are, the more you would kind of scrape it back into what I've deter- uh, I've called the head poo, because <laughs> it looks it looks like your head's taking a poo. <laughs> this naughty little <laughs> scraped back head uh, ponytail, and so one of his main heavies, Guzman, I think he's called, has got like this nice cheeky head poo pulled back into a pretty yeah. sleek looking ponytail, and then the mm. other the opposing crew has quite a few. Um, yeah, well, it's that kind of like, all like well. kind of gun ro- guns and roses type kind of uh, yeah. stuff going on there, isn't it? Like, yeah, bandanas and tats, uh, like you say, jewelry. tats, yeah, sunglasses, le- leather kind of waistcoats, yeah. fingerless that kind of gloves, vibe. that kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> There's one yeah. in that scene where they take on the other fellas. There's like an extra from the other crew, and it, I've started mm. chuckling to myself because I thought that's the kind of detail that if I'd have watched this as a teenager with you, we'd have picked up on and repeatedly rewound and laughed at. Is there's one <laughs> of the other crew has like a pair of nunchucks, and he's yes. Well, that's the thing. That's the first thing I wrote down because <laughs> he he just comes out with his nunchucks, and you don't see nunchucks anymore. <laughs> and he's swinging him, but he's doing it like really camp. It's almost like you've never handled. <laughs> 
a pair of nunchucks in your life. Oh, and now you are, he's like, he's coming out. He almost it. does like a little hip move with it as he comes out. <laughs> like he minces out with the nunchucks. And you're like, mate, you're not fooling anyone. I realise this was probably your big movie break, but the nunchucks mm. was not the prop of choice. I'm afraid. <laughs> but, it's, but every film around this time would have had nunchucks in. Yeah, and then nunchucks. they just kind of... They disappeared overnight, and we never saw nunchucks ever sadly, again. And I think, I think the nun, sadly yeah, sadly, yeah, I, I think nunchucks need need a comeback. Absolutely <laughs> need a comeback. But that was the first thing I wrote down was nunchucks. Mm. But I missed his mints, so yeah. I'll have to go back. Go in back fact, the first thing I noticed, the first thing I noticed about this film, in about the first three seconds, was the fact that I was like, oh, well, Danny Elfman's done the music for this yes, because yeah. it sounds. So Danny Elfman like like just Batman like returns, Batman yes yeah yeah because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was doing all all the film scores at this time yeah. and they all sound identical you could transpose one against the other and you'd know in an instant that it was Absolutely. Danny Elfman but also I honestly thought Bruce Willis had put on a, a ton of weight and got a role in this <laughs> film because because is it what's what's his, is his name Paulie? Paul, I think his name's Paulie, Paulie Mancusi. With, with it, yeah. the, he's just got a, a bald, bald, fat, larger man yeah. with a, with a tattoo on his head, and he is a spitting spitting image of uh, of Bruce Willis. Oh, yes, yeah. um, but it wasn't Bruce Willis; it was just a an unknown actor who'd never I looked him up and he was never in anything ever again really some TV stuff but some of the things that um, stood out to me were like I know when we did um, Fifth Element uh, last time I was said I was always intrigued about how the future is depicted in Mm. the past and Mm. this one kind of does that in a in a real kind of uh in a not so distant future kind of way, in as much as mm. I was, it made me chuckle to see how state of the art, like lab tech and all this stuff that was in there still resembles like a back computer with like ticker tape and stuff coming out. Yeah. It's like, if this is meant to be state of the art, how come it's still processing paper, a paper trail coming out <laughs> of the side? Um, but the bit that I think that intrigued me the most was and it was we've also spoken about this like little details that you personally pick up on because you're like oh like that's like a little thing that i i really appreciate it's almost like it was a detail for my benefit was um as he's creating in his lab these prosthetic and or semi-organic skin creations Mm. in his pursuit for replicating uh skin is the there's like a portion where he scans in pictures of people and then they recreate mm-hmm. said picture from the detail of of what the computer sees and then so in, it's like a 3d printer like yeah prints but, it out but during the 3d process it's got like one of those pin art things oh yeah <laughs> And I remember I seem to recall this is going to be a little bit of a confession of sorts. Like a pin. I thought the exact same thing the minute I saw that. I I I knew you were going to bring this up. So the pin art, the pin art. Um, lots of kids, teenagers had them growing up because they were intriguing. Mm. You get them in most like sciency shops, toy shops yes. for kids and that kind of thing. So a lot of people had them. And I, I don't know, remember which sibling of yours had one. I think it was one of your sisters had a, a pin art. Possibly, yeah. 
And so we were always intrigued by it when we came over to stay and we were <laughs> different, <laughs> different parts of the body, I believe, mm. at different points in time were inserted <laughs> into the pin art. Mm. And I mm-hmm. seem to recall, though in fairness, and again, I'm definitely not going to name names in this instance, um, one of our mates, I can't remember which one, <laughs> pretty sure put their knob, <laughs> put their knob in the fin art. <laughs> so immediately when I watched this movie and the flipping nose put presses straight into it, yeah. I just remember this wizened looking, <laughs> wizened looking willy. <laughs> What I remember about that though is that it seemed unrealistic <laughs> and I think somebody um, had uh, altered it with their finger to make it look a little bit more um, augmented it shall we beefy yeah. yeah they'd done a little bit of uh, augmentation of their own but yeah, so the pin art was a nice touch. <laughs> I it was, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I remember watching that and really picking up on that. That real nice personal touch. Um, well, something else to do with with technology. Just while we're on that, so so the bit where so um, the doctor, what well, Doctor Liam Neeson has been blown blown to bits in his is like <laughs> I think when when the evil doctor Jenny Agatha. In the uh, in the hospital is explaining to the doctors and also to us what's happened and yeah. the fact that he's forty percent. I think it's for, about forty percent third degree burns, and so they've had to cut this nerve thing in his brain so he no longer feels pain, which also means he has um, psychological issues going forward. Though, and he is superhuman strength as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, is so he's trying to create his own face um so he can print out a replacement face for himself yeah. but the, the the photo that he's got is is half kind of burnt because he got burnt in the in the explosion so all he's doing he's transposing the good side of his face to the other side of the picture right so he's mm-hmm. just copied it cop, copied and pasted but yeah. reversing the image from one side to the other to do that on his computer and for it to process it is going to take, I think it was 571 <laughs> hours and 57 minutes. Yeah, I did think that's... That's, that's, that's a hell of a long time. Yeah, when most people's Just, phones could mirror an image. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is when, when so when he scans it, when he scans a normal photo, he can print that off in, in minutes. But yeah. his computer just can't fathom reversing an image, a tiny portion of an image and just transposing it over over to the other side of the image. But that is going to take, I don't even know what, 571 hours is, like it 20 been, days. That could have been like a completely different movie at that point, couldn't it? It could have just been, like, <laughs> yeah. could have just been him sitting there with a cup of tea or just, ah, oh, Yeah, just twiddling his thumbs. Hours. Oh. It could be, uh, oh, the sequel dear. could be dark and exceptionally bored man waiting for his <laughs> picture to be flipped. On his on his archaic computer, oh, dearie. But yeah, so that 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 was a bit kind of like whoa. But I get it because then he it gave him time to 
do all the infiltrate the gang and kind of mess mess with the the criminal entity um, set poorly up so that that was fine can we can we come back to the initial moment where he becomes the dark man oh when he becomes dark man yes because this was a moment that both it both shocked um and also just took me back and fleet and utter surprise <laughs> whereby okay i knew it was coming having read mm. the blurb of the movie and knew he was going to undergo this terrible treatment whereby he's yeah. scarred he's hurt and he, he needs it's going to be the revenge movie we're all hoping and expecting yes. it to be so i knew he was going to get burned i saw from the trailer having watched it beforehand there was going to be an explosion and you figure okay all well, that's it and he's going to he's going to drag himself from the ashes whatever is going to happen mm. <laughs> but no mm-hmm. the the explosion is set up in the lab the explosion goes off and in a moment of genuine shock when I was watching the movie to the point where I almost made an audible oh, of shock <laughs> is when he gets blasted clean out the top of the building. Yeah. <laughs> you just, because you think, oh, that's it, it's blown up now. And then all of a sudden you just see like this little superimposed fella go, whoa, like Liam Mason just gets <laughs> blown about 200 feet into the air and i was just like flipping heck i I was not expecting that whatsoever (laughs) but his reaction is almost like he's on some kind of roller coaster (laughs) or one of those like slingshots when he gets like yeah launched up into the air because it is like he's just like laying like perfectly flat still like he's on a like he's on a board and just like yeah just horizontally being lifted (laughs) up up into the air and he's just like on fire and then falls into the river yeah. And then you're like, oh, right, okay, yeah, I was not expecting <laughs> that. But I think that, that sums up from what I, I saw from the whole movie. Like, even though there were, um, the violence itself is really quite mm. graphic in parts. Like, it, mm. for, for back in the mm. day, I think this was in 18, like, back in Oh, it would have been, yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, Struth, if you'd have been watching this back then, you'd be like, this is pretty graphic. Um, but by that same token, it's still really camp. And still really, yeah. like, again, I suppose if you've seen Sam Raimi stuff and you've seen Evil Dead, it's almost like mm. comic book slash jokey in its yeah. stylings to the point where you kind of like, oh, okay, well, yeah, it's it's not taking itself seriously still, even during these really horrific moments. Mm. You know, it's kind mm. of like, oh, well, it's intended and it's meant to be for but, a little bit of almost comic relief during that too. Well, yeah, and, and I think that's why I come back to that comment i made earlier about the fact that i just don't think comic book translate and that kind of style doesn't for me doesn't really translate very well to cinema so like yeah that scene where he's on fire being launched up into the air from this explosion i can see that in a comic book and i can see it being like all right okay that's fine but in in film it just comes off as a bit kind of stupid and so the other bit i was thinking specifically of so in the towards the end when he's hanging from the bottom of that helicopter and they're just trying to, like, uh, shake him off kind yeah. of thing. And, like, his his feet do that really mad, like kind of, like, really quick, kind of yeah. uh, backwards and forwards as he's, like, he skirting over something. for the lorry. Lorry, that's it. And it's like, I, again, I can see that in a comic book, mm. but it doesn't translate very well to film because it just looks stupid and, and silly. Yeah. 
Um, but I get that that's the style. But for me, it's just I, I don't like it. I don't like that kind of style, I guess. That's why I don't like these comic book type films very much. Well, yeah, I suppose funnily enough, though, in during the idea of it being obviously massively uh, camp and over the top mm. in its comic uh, stylings was the fact that I kind of, as I thought more about it, like um, the fact that he's he turns into a bit of a bum, doesn't he really? Like he's just walking yeah. around with literally everything he owns in like a shopping trolley and he pushes it yeah. into this derelict building where he starts doing all his work. Um, to I don't know where he found game. all those computers and stuff that yeah. were powerful enough just to do, continue his work. Yeah, in some flipping derelict burnt abandoned out place. warehouse. Yeah, yeah. But as I was thinking about it, and it's like even though he looks completely mental, like with a hat and bandages and a big trench coat and whatever, and just look like a, a nutcase, I suppose by that same token, being and/or looking like a bum. Is almost like the perfect disguise. You're pretty inconspicuous mm. aren't you? to the yeah. point where if yeah, I yeah. was pushing those things around, people would be like, "What's that normal-looking fella doing? Pushing that, <laughs> pushing that trolley around with all those computers." Whereas if it's just a bum pushing a trolley around, people are like, "No, no, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm right. right, fair enough." Oh, he's just he's yeah, got fair enough. His, he's got his cans and his, his bits and bobs in there. Just leave him to it. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to disturb him. So yeah, yeah, I suppose in a sense there were a few more believable moments that prob- were probably unintentional. Yeah, I, I think he's, and I think Liam Neeson does an all right job of of being that kind of dark kind of superhero type. Um, I think he plays it less well as before he's horribly scarred. Like mm. he's not very believable as a human. Um, as a normal human character, but I think as as actual Dark Man, I felt he did did an all right job. Yeah. Um, I, I did feel that his his girlfriend, I can't remember what her is it Elaine or something. I can't remember uh, what her name is. Yeah, something like that. Is it? She. That she, is I to say, multiple quite... Oscar winner Frances McDormand. <laughs> McDormand, I know, and that is crazy to think that she she was in this uh, superhero movie. Um, but so the first time he approaches her and and again this is that comic book kind of perfect trope is that he's just escaped from the hospital he walks basically down an alley and she just happens to be walking across the street and he tries to approach her to Mm. be like it's me but he's kind of like stumbling around and kind of being all freaky and like instead of just approaching her in like a normal kind of way and just going uh, it's me, I was horribly scarred yeah. or whatever. He just kind of like scares the bejesus out of her and, and she, she kind of like, in with absolute disgust and disdain, kind of like turns away. Uh, understandably, I think, I think to give her a benefit of the doubt. But then he keep when he does put on, he, he gets his mask sorted and he keeps having to approach her, but he's only got 99 minutes before his face melts. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, is it he? He constantly wants to be like, but what if I was scarred? What if I was scarred? And she can't really give him that that straightforward answer of like, but I love you. It doesn't really matter what you'd look like. She's a bit like, well, I don't know actually. Um, yeah, may, <laughs> may, maybe not. Which which he's already seen. He's already seen that she she reacted horribly to oh, yeah. to him approaching her. So um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. He's saying he should have cut his losses, sacked her off. Yeah, Saktaroff, I don't think... But, but I get it. If if he could have created his fake skin that lasted 
forever. Yeah. It'd be fine. It'd be fine. And, and they could be happy together. Another thing that I didn't think really worked very well, because obviously he's like, his teeth are exposed because he's got no lips. They've all been burnt yeah, off. Been. Um, is that you can proper you really tell that they're just like stuck on the front of his face. <laughs> the and then... <laughs> the front. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is a bit mad that it doesn't really quite work. <laughs> but they don't they don't show that very much because he's he's more more bandaged up than than anything else. But in those moments, it doesn't really work. One little touch just that I really enjoyed though as well was when he's working on his, his computer, his supercomputer trying to make mm. incredible skinnies. He still has the time just to put his glasses on over the top of the bandages. <laughs> I missed that! I missed that. That's great. He's like, he's working away. It's like, hang on, I'm having trouble seeing that there. I need to put my glasses on over the top of the bandages. So he's both dark, oh, that is good. dark, short-sighted man. Still has time to wear his glasses over the top. <laughs> oh, I did like that. I did. I did like as well, just how evil the the mob boss is. So he's got the one with the mad hair. You know, he's just like <laughs> straight combed, mad, mad hair who cuts people's fingers off with his uh, cigar cutter. Yeah. So when they when they break into the lab at the beginning, mm. and he's got his Asian lab assistant um Yakatito. who is Yakatito. so he he did you see that he instantly did like a kung fu pose <laughs> he, t- he did deliver the chop did he not i thought he I delivered did... like a karate chop to one of them i i, I definitely saw him take a stance and then yeah. he just gets overwhelmed yeah. but it's like oh really did they have to throw it just just because he's asian doesn't mean he's some kung fu master i not was hoping he'd would... deliver a bit more than just the chop like he'd at least put up yeah. a bit more of a fight. Uh, I was I was a little little bit disappointed because I was just like, that's so stereotypical. But again, it was the nineties, so like you know, Bruce Lee was still very much in the in the psyche, and yeah. So I get it, um, but so he he gets his brains blown out by <laughs> one of the um, one of the sidekicks, yeah. and as they're leaving. As I've set up the explosion to go off, the the guy with the mad hair, the the mob boss. Mm. Durant, I think he's Robert Durant. Robert Durant, that's it. Because there are a, there's a sequels and and one of the sequels is called Return of Durant, I think. Because oh, you Dark think, Man yeah, Two, he, Re- he gets he gets blown up, doesn't he? In the in, the in, in a helicopter crash, yeah. Um, so he 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 takes that one guy to one side and he he says like, I'm I'm really proud of you. Clean through the brain. That's how I like it. <laughs> When I'm, oh my gosh! Yeah, that's it. You flipping homicidal mania, and and that gives us a real in insight into his psyche that he yeah, he a, he he liked it. He was very proud of his uh, uh, one of his henchmen because he shot him clean through the brain. Yeah. That's how I like it. You psychotic nutter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you also see him later on with his collection of fingers. Oh yeah, he, he like keeps preserved them, them and he keeps them in like a case, like a display case. Yeah, little little box. Yeah, psycho. Well, uh, one of the things I quite liked about Darkman himself, and it kind of becomes mm. a bit of a special move actually, because he does it more than once throughout the film, was 
as comedic as it also is, he's kind of like the antithesis of other superheroes. Like Spider-Man mm. is really agile and he moves gracefully yes. and you know he never puts a foot wrong. Batman, all of these, they're always really handy and physically mm. adept at moving in the surroundings and they've always got the upper hand in that sense. <laughs> There's the one scene mm. where he's creeping up on the, the sidekick who's taken the fella out because he's looking mm-hmm. to get revenge for his lab assistant. Yes. And usually, like if it was Batman, he'd glide down or something <laughs> from the top of the the top of the roof or something or other. Whereas you just see in the background, he just drops into a pile of bin bags. <laughs> and he just goes, oh. That, but that's fitting. That's his great That is fitting entrance. for his character. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. oh, flipping heck. You expect him to get stuck brushing himself off. He just looks like a bum. How does he make his entrance? I know, he just drops into the bin bags. That's how he moves about. <laughs> Um, but then he does it again, doesn't he? At the end, he drops on the dude, mm-hmm. like from on high. And says, oh, right, I see. He's got previous of doing the the, the aerial attack. But uh, the way he kills that henchman is is awesome. I I love the visceral. He's, he pops him up through the sewer into the road, and it's the way he's like bouncing around, oh, like, yeah. and the, and the cars are coming towards him, and swerving at the last second. That that bit used to te- again watching this as like a eight nine year old or how, however old I was. That that is burnt into my brain. That oh, that yeah. bit just just the way he's like pop because I, I I would put myself in his position, and I'd just instantly go into how awful that would be to be in that position where you're just... Because he looks terrified as well. Like as oh, well, He looks genuinely yeah. terrified. And, um, yeah, that, that bit is is proper scary. But I, but I love it. It's it's just, like, the thing that I remember most about watching it for the first time is, is him bouncing kind of around from this oh, yeah. sewer uh, as the cars come towards him. There's lots of crazy um, sequencing in the film like when he mm. has his when Liam Neeson has like those flashbacks um mm. which were on set and you by, see like the synapses go and oh, stuff like yeah. that and you see like yeah. almost like props and like physical cues mm. that trigger him in relation to yes. what he remembers about his, his horrific mm. ordeal when he was became yeah. the dark man um those sequences in particular it popped up at the end I'm like oh that's interesting was they were I suppose, presumably directed and shot by a separate person. So Sam Raimi didn't do those. It's like this was by Ah. some other guy who obviously had some kind of clear artistic direction as to how he wanted them to look. Mm. And this guy executed them for him um, Mm. so that they could use them periodically throughout the film to show him Mm. going nuts. Nuts, yeah. Yeah, but that's a very, that's a very... Again, a very nineties thing. I think, like, let's. So, we're going to show this person's inner psyche. So, we're going to go in through the eye, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a lot of quick cut visuals and overlays and kind of explosions and electricity and kind of you know we're going to show that he's he's really enraged in this. But like, and then we're going to come back out through his eye, and then we're going to see him see his face, and he's going to be flipping nuts he's 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 lost it and he's going to do something wild to get ready we're we're going to see him i I can't even remember what he it's it's one of those one of those which is one of my favorite moments because it's so innocuous he he not it's at the carnival and he knocks down the he knocks down the things and wants 
the, the pink elephant or whatever yeah. it is for, yeah. for his girlfriend. And the carny, who is my favourite character, he he spits. <laughs> he does this kind of like, no way. <laughs> yeah, he's got, it's like, how can we show utter disdain in one single move from the, the circus, fo- from the, the fair folk? It's just he's going to yeah. gob, not at him. But just to the side. No, just on the floor. Yeah, but that's his. That's his. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. No I'm showing my disdain for you. Like, uh, yeah, like, no, your your foot was over the line, mate. You're not getting the pink elephant. Yeah. It was. It was invalid. Um, and so he he goes. Oh, that, he, doesn't he grab his fingers and bend oh, them over? Is that that point? Bits, yeah. He flames in, in, fr- in front fingers. of his girlfriend. He essentially inverts his fingers from on his hands. Yeah. And and if I was. Um, Frances McDormand in this moment seeing because it cuts to her face and she's like <laughs> she's like probably shocked Do you know it what? cuts to the three of them it doesn't does, it yeah, like, there's three <laughs> reaction shots in sequence like one two three <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's so good because it's yeah because so it's her him and the carny folk and it and it yeah it's the fact that he's bent bent his thing over so they all scream he he forcefully shoves the the cuddly toy into her face being like take it take it and then and then his face starts to bubble and melt and then he just <laughs> just shoots off I'm aware. <laughs> just does one i think at that point if i was francis mcdormand i think i would say you need you need to sort yourself That's out a red flag. Come, come and look yeah yeah this is a big red flag you need you sort yourself out come and come and look me up when when you've when you've sorted yourself out, because uh, you've got some problems. Well, one of the, the favourite, we're talking about favourite lines from the film, um, <clears throat> was during that scene. It's a real simple line when he's almost offended, isn't he, that she doesn't, after this big ordeal, she doesn't want to take the <laughs> elephant from him, the pink elephant. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, take mm. the effing elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Just take it. <laughs> it's like, whoa. You've taken oh, yeah. something that was nice there, Liam, and you've really ruined it for everyone. You've ruined it, yeah. You've really yeah. ruined it. Um, and I get it. I get it. The world's against him. He's lost everything. He's, it, you know, he's, he doesn't feel pain. They've taken his hands. We saw the bit when he's burnt his hands, and he's like, my hands. They've taken my hands. Yeah. So, like, I get it. Um, but he needs he needs to chill out a little bit, because that was, that was a bit much. Take the effing elephant. <laughs> So, any other favourite lines from you? From the from no, the... that 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 was it. It was the clean through the brain. That's how I like it. Nice. And the and the and the very short no way. I thought that the way he delivered that, the way that the um, the <laughs> his gob and the guy on that stall. Yeah. My my only other favourite line was at the start when we've seen him get um, blown out the building and they have like the full burial. Because they couldn't oh, obviously yeah. find a body. Just an ear. They've just found an ear. Well, that's just what he says. So the the, cafe, the uh, undertaker's like, so how did he go? And the guy who's buried him says, guy got blown to pieces. All they found was an ear. Didn't take me long to bury them. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an enjoyable line to hear. Yeah. So, oh dear! But there we go, Dark Man. Uh, well, what was... did you what did you think of it? As you, you're seeing this for the first, so I I really enjoyed it because I've got all that again, all the nostalgia. Mm. So I I I still think, like I say, I'm not a big comic book fan, but for me, 
perfectly watchable, perfectly enjoyable. I I did enjoy watching it. But as somebody coming to it fresh for the first time, what fresh. were your overall takeaways? Um, I enjoyed it. I think um, I went into it within the first few minutes. I think I knew what to expect to the point where mm. I kind of took the whole film with a pinch of salt as far as right. how over the top and camp and ridiculous it was going to be. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And therefore, because I went into it with those eyes, um, yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, mm. Would I choose to watch it again? Um, probably not. Um, but mm. I could say I could certainly recommend it to someone looking for a bit of a few cheap early nineties thrills. Um, yeah, and Liam Neeson acting like an absolute nutter. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think. Well, was, this was when was Liam Neeson was good. I, I I think Liam Neeson's dropped off, so I still think this was kind of in his prime. In his prime. Um, Dark Man, Schindler's List. You know, early nineties when he was he could actually <laughs> I believe act. You held those two up in the same vein. Dark Man, <laughs> Schindler's List. Do you know what I mean? He was well, just he was on fire. <laughs> um, do you know it's funny? I was talking to um, my wife about this, saying, "Oh." So um, these are the movies we're watching um, this time round. We're watching Dark Man. She's like, oh, what's that? She hadn't seen it. And I described it. Mm. And so it's like basically Liam Neeson, a revenge movie. And she just went, oh, right. So like every other Liam Taken. Neeson movie. No, Yeah, but it's not though, is it? <laughs> it's Let, come on, let's give him his cred. Yeah. He, was, he wasn't typecast that early on. I don't know, Rob Roy. He was in Rob Roy. Scott's oh, yeah, taking Roy. revenge on yeah. the English after they did terrible things to... His family in yeah. his village. Um, All right, okay. He, he seems to be typecast, but this was the first. This was the original revenge movie that he did. From what I un, yeah, from I what, suppose, no. When yeah. did Rob? When did when was Rob Roy? Maybe a little Rob bit after. Roy was after, definitely after. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, that's fine then. So this set set him off on his revenge path. Yeah. Well, there we go. Brilliant. Well, shall we move on to um, to speed? Speed. Yeah. So this was my suggestion. Um, mm. Have you this, got a blurb? I do have a blurb. Let's get the blurb. So here we are. Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock and Dennis Hopper, the leading in with the, the big names there, star mm. in this pulse-pounding thriller filled with breathtaking stunts and unexpected romance. Very unexpected. Actually. No. If you, really unexpected? Well, if you actually take the... the the run of play as far as the film is concerned it's like okay i'm, fair not, enough. I'm not having that yeah. within this intense situation <laughs> a romance has been forged i'm not having okay it. all right but either way it, they almost say that a little bit in the movie but so here it is jack traven played by reeves is an la cop sent to defuse a bomb planted on a bus by a vengeful extortionist dennis hopper not only that but jack and a passenger Bullock must blast the bus through city streets at more than 50 miles per hour per hour (laughs) (laughs) miles per hour or the bomb will explode Mm. so um, Mm. this is my suggestion I I, yeah why did you suggest this so I as a a movie if this is on or if I'm flicking through streaming services and I'm hard pressed for stuff and this is there right. I might I might turn it on um because when 
when did this movie come out? I want to say... 94. 94, okay. So mm. when this movie came out, again, the avenue to all things that weren't appropriate to you as a 10-year-old <laughs> came through mm-hmm. this time mm-hmm. through my older sister. So oh, okay. she um, was a big Keanu Reeves <clears throat> fan. She had quite the crush on Keanu Reeves, as I'm sure many teenage girls did back in the day. And she um, had a, a massive, again, a poster theme here. On the inside, oh, this is proper 90s girl stuff, this. On the inside of her bedroom cupboard door, she had an mm-hmm. almost door-sized poster of Keanu Reeves that whenever she opened, she got a little sneaky peek at what she used to call. <laughs> I think she even referred to it as the big Keanu. <laughs> oh, no. I've got the big Keanu. And was it a post... And was it just a poster of him? It wasn't the speed poster. It was, yeah, it was just it was, it was a little bit kind of rugged, bit of facial mm. hair, slightly long, unkempt hair. Longer hair. Yeah. Probably a little bit more point break than speed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of I think she liked that vibe of Keanu. Anyway, mm. so she went to the cinema to see this. I couldn't go because I was too young. I think it was like a fifteen back in the day. I think it was. And um she came back and I was like, oh, how was the movie? Was it good? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember for some reason, maybe because she was a huge Keanu fan and she really wanted to relive those moments in the cinema, described to me in great detail the synopsis and or plot of the movie. <laughs> All right. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that. That sounds pretty good. So she then went, when it came out on video, to the video rental shop. And she went, yeah, I'll get it out. We can watch it together. Even though you're underage, I'll go get it for us both. <laughs> and um, so off she went to MYM, which was in Burntwood. That was where we had our local um, video rental membership. And MYM? She, MYM, MIM. Yeah, I don't... I'm, Do you know what... It wasn't like a... a, a was it a... An acronym or an initial? I, I have no idea. I can still remember the logo, the style of writing. Well, there was no logo. It was just writing. And it was right But down... it was just MYM video or just MYM rentals or... I want to say it was... Or just M- MIM. People used to call it MYM and people used to call it MIM. I don't know what which was which. Right. Um, I remember it had the video stuff out the front and then a suntan lounge out the back. If you want to go, <laughs> if you wanted to go out the back, nice. I'm just going out the back, Barry. Put speed on hold for me. I'm going to do five minutes on the flipping UV tubes, and then they come back through. Videos ready. Cheers, Baz. I'm off. I'm going to go watch. Wow. So, um, anyway, we got the video out, and I remember watching it, thinking, "Whoa, this is really cool. Yeah, it's kind of intense and." really awesome but one of the things i remember about watching it was um even though i was too young to watch it we made no effort to hide the fact that we were watching it from my mum and my mum bless her she's she's quite conservative in her viewing habits Mm. she would Mm. never approve of any excessive violence or sex or no in this case she didn't seem too concerned about the action of the movie because it was mm. relatively tame. It's not bloody or yeah. gory or excessive. No. Um, but there was quite a lot of swearing in it, quite a few curse oh, yeah. words. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're watching it, and my mum does this thing, like if she's overhearing, <laughs> where they're just swearing in it. Instead of saying, oh, 
what you're doing that's got a lot of swearing and you shouldn't really be watching that um she would make like a noise of disapproval so we were watching it and i remember in the first few scenes in the lift because there's the failed mm. kind of lift heist isn't there by dennis hopper yes and uh keanu reeves and who's harry played by again um the jeff guy. bridges jeff bridges so um he and Jeff Bridges uh, have thwarted Dennis Hopper to a certain extent. And then there's a moment where somebody drops a few swear words in succession, like quick succession. And my mum would do this thing as if she heard them, she'd go, ooh, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's a bit, ooh. And she wouldn't say anything, but it's just the noise was enough to suggest, oh, that's, that's a bit strong, isn't it? Ooh, ooh, gosh. Ooh, oh, she wouldn't even say anything about what's been said or the fact that we're watching it on TV, she'd go, ooh, Joel, ooh, ooh, Joel, like as if, like, what? I didn't say it. I'm just watching it. Ooh, Joel. So anyway, that was one. one... Well, my mum my used to do a similar thing, but it it was worse than that because it was just constant tutting every, every time somebody swore, she'd be, oh. And then with an occasional, why do they have to say things like that? Oh, why do I have to use such language? And it's just like, right, you don't need to watch this with us. You can go away. But you, you either sit and watch it in silence and stop tutting or you, or you need to leave the room because we're trying to watch it and we can't enjoy the swearing while you're tutting over it. <laughs> well, the thing was, as a young lad, even though I never would have sworn at home because I would have got, mm. got it in the ear from oh, one of my yeah, mum and goodness, dad, yeah. I was quite readily swearing out and about uh, mm. with my mates. And yeah. so for me, watching it in a film, it was like water off a duck's back. I don't care. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, don't so even notice it. At that point, it was like the question I would then pose to my mum was, well, if it's bothering you that much, mum, why are you still watching it? Are you... <laughs> you're, that... you're obviously intrigued, aren't you, by the storyline. As irrelevant as you feel that language is, you're still enjoying it, aren't you? So that was that was a funny a funny memory for me, um, and that was my my first instance of of seeing the movie. Do you have a, a particular first time for Speed? Or I can't remember. I re- I remember I remember seeing it and remember really enjoying it. The first time I watched it, I thought it was excellent. That it was it was that it was an action adventure romp, um, really tense. You know the bus. I think have been it in in an enclosed space, um, yeah. and I think the premise is a good premise. Like the fact that this bus is now armed because it's gone over fifty miles an hour, and and you know he's got to make his way onto the bus, and and he's got to you know try and they've got to battle their way through traffic, and and you know and then they've got to try and get these people off safely, and how are they going to do it? So I, I think the premise is really good. Well, this is it, and it that... was really, ex- it was really exciting. Mm. I, I, I was, you know, as a kid, I was like really gripped by it. Mm. Yeah, like I, I, that was one of the things. Like I say, when my sister described it in great detail to me, mm. I was like, that, that does sound like a really good movie. Like that's an mm. interesting story. Like nothing like that had ever really been presented no. before. Like if this doesn't, like heist, not heist, but like um. Uh, like a hostage hostage situations have always been depicted Mm. but this added an extra level it's like the the main protagonist isn't even there and he's holding them hostage on this bus and if this happens 
they're going to get killed. And the guy isn't even there. Yeah. He's like, he's just holding this over them. And so they've got yeah. these constant conundrums of how do I keep this bus just on the move? Um, yeah. Without everyone getting killed. But mm. Dennis Hopper is a great baddie as well. Like he gets yeah. all the best lines from, yes. <laughs> from this particular film. Like I'll go straight in with one of my fa- most favorite lines from this film isn't necessarily, um, it's not necessarily a great line, although I'll, I'll share another one with you in a bit that he says, right at the start, you see him setting up some of the bombs on in the elevator shaft. Yes. And the security guard comes along. He's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm going to have to see What are you doing? And work permit. Give me yeah. a work order for your, for your maintenance. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hang on a second. And then he flip, <laughs> takes the screwdriver out of his thing, stabs him clean in the head. And just mm. as he's going down, the last words that he says to this fellow are, nothing personal. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> hang on, I beg to differ. So, sort of was, yeah. Yeah, you've, you've stabbed me square in the ear with a screwdriver. I'm now going to die horrifically, and you're telling mm. me that, that it's nothing personal. It's, it's just, well, it's, it's kind of just business. You'll just happen to be in my way of getting my business done. So yeah. I, I, I can kind of see where he's coming from, but it, it is somewhat personal to be stabbed in the ear Yeah, to his wife and kids after he, they yeah. can't... <laughs> you've just yeah. been taking him out with a screwdriver. Because he, he's, he's just a bloke who works in this building, just... just security oh, or whatever or job. just yeah just, just doing, doing his job. job yeah you could have knocked him out it would have been the same but no yeah stabs him straight in the ear but maybe a that's much. a little bit of a again like you talk about the fella oh nice shot flipping what was it clean through the brains <laughs> clean through the brains maybe yeah. this is a little glimpse into hopper's psyche in the movie it's like i'm i'm willing to make, take risks and take people out but do, do you know that Dennis Hopper wasn't cast until three weeks into filming had already started? Really, I find that is that is mind-boggling to me because he's is a he's a great great baddie. Like mm. th- it's almost like this role was was made for him because oh, yeah. he just embodies embodies it perfectly. I tell you what, he doesn't embody is that daft prosthetic that they tried to cover his thumb with to make it look like he's because <laughs> the whole point is he's had his thumb blown thumb off. Blown off yeah. But his hand is massive because clearly they've just tucked it under and then kind of like wrapped it. And his hand, what looks like corned beef, it's it's awful. It never <laughs> looks like it's, it's like a real it's hand. Got like a yeah, prosthetic it's prosthetic <laughs> It's mad. It doesn't. It's terrible. It is really, really terrible. It and just looks like make, he's got this. They make that point of showing him when he's clapping at the TV with his <laughs> his little paw and his and his hand at the same time. <laughs> It's almost like Hollywood's answer to Jeremy Beadle. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's bonkers. It doesn't. It doesn't. I, I get why. Well, but also, I get that. So again, it, this is almost like the Rock kind of situation where we've got this ex policeman who lost his finger, lost his thumb in in the court in the you know in in the line of duty. He he gets he gets retired and they just give him a crap watch and whatever and he's a bit annoyed that like he doesn't get some like decent payoff mm. um, when he retires and that's the reason why he decides to blow people up. It's a bit of like a you know it's a bit of a stretch to go from A to B where he he gets a really crap pension so he want he holds like 
the city of Los Angeles hostage with all these people and he's going to set bombs off everywhere. And and how much does he, he wants like three, is it three million quid or something? So it's, I, it's, it's some... Yeah, I made a point of writing this down because I'm like, that's a very specific figure <laughs> that you've asked for, Dennis. In as much as he says, I want $3.7 million. <laughs> that is a weird... Like three point seven million. Like, because I'm he assuming must have he's a not... very specific plan of how much he's going to spend every little bit on. Like, he's got a, a right. The flight's going to cost me this much. My apartment in the Philippines is going to cost me this. Yeah. I like. What is that three point seven million pound dollars going for? He's not taking into account tax breaks because he's taking this, <laughs> this money for himself, isn't he? He's not. Tax man's not going to see penny one from him. So three, he's not gone. If I do this much, million. then it'll bring it down to an even three million. It's like no, I want yeah. three point seven million. Because if I was asking, if I needed three point seven, and I was holding somebody hostage, I'd just ask for four. Yeah, Be- just because it's just, just as easier, up. isn't it? It's a round <laughs> up. Yeah, just round it up. What's three hundred grand when you're already asking for three three point seven million? There's no point. Is there? yeah, that is really weird. I never noticed that though. But that's a good point. Yeah, and also I think the amount goes up in between the elevator job at the start um, and the second one. Like I think he just wanted like three million at the start. But maybe he's had to buy the extra explosives for the second That's job, the one, isn't it? Yeah, seven. So it's, grand it's, it's worth of... his costs. His costs have gone up. Yeah, parts so he's got to make that back. Yeah, this is Dennis yeah. Hopper parts and labour. It's three point seven now. Sorry, we didn't factor that in at the start. It's going to be three point seven now. Um, but yeah he has some great great lines so if he wasn't cast until three weeks in did they have somebody else in mind or they just hadn't finalised I don't I don't know who they didn't I don't know about his character but I do know that Keanu Reeves wasn't their first pick their first pick for that role was Stephen Baldwin oh no Stephen Baldwin was not a big star even back in the early 90s. So I have no... He was like in The Usual Suspects. That's the only film I can think that he was in, actually. And he wasn't he would really not have big, made. He wasn't really a main... No. I mean, he was a main character, but he wasn't leading the film, was he? No, absolutely. So I find that bizarre. And Sandra Bullock, this was her big breakthrough film, right? They wanted the Sandra Bullock character originally to be played by Ellen DeGeneres... And to be yeah. like a proper comic relief type oh, character. No. That is bad, isn't it? I mean, it, wow. the thing is, it's like Speed is perfectly cast with... I think I think Keanu Reeves does a good enough job. Oh, yeah. And I think San, Sandra Bullock does a good enough job. And I can't see anybody else being in those, in those roles. So I think that, that, thank goodness that Stephen Baldwin turned it down because he felt it was just another diehard were his words that he didn't want to be in like a like a diehard kind of remake. Um, I don't know where he gets that from because this is nothing it's like nothing the big like diehard. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Um, but yeah, so so I, the casting is weird for this film because of they it, and I think there was a couple of other people in front of Keanu Reeves before he actually landed the role as well. So That's true. I mean, he done. Had he done Point Break at this point as well? Yes, yeah, that was like ninety one, I think. Yeah. yeah, so Point Break had been and gone. I oh, can't man. think what else he'd been in apart from like Bill and Ted's. <laughs> yeah, it's like a teed. Which, idea. which is not an obvious kind of uh, audition no. for this role. No, 
crazy. Well, yeah, so I suppose Dennis Hopper being cast was was spot on for me. Mm. Um, one of his opening lines when he takes um, Jeff Bridges hostage at the start and he has to make the kind mm-hmm. of knee-jerk decision of what do I do here? If he's gonna, Is he going to blow us all up? Do I have to shoot him? Do I have to shoot the hostage? And um, they're all kind of making the big statements. And Dennis Hoffa says, we got all the balls in the world here, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, you said it right on, Dennis. Um, I mean, Dennis Hopper, I mean, he's he's done some films, hasn't he? You know, um, Apocalypse Now and... um, I can't think of what else he's been in. He's uh, in some big 70s Easy Rider. Films. Yeah, big yeah like a massive classics. film star. Yeah, like huge, huge, huge film star. Um, Waterworld, obviously, which we might come to at some point. Waterworld is <laughs> a big movie, yeah. Real big movie. Huge. Um, but for me, this was the film that introduced me to, to Dennis Hopper. I wouldn't I wouldn't have known Dennis Hopper in, you know, as a... 11 year old no, I suppose, this yeah. this 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 was the film that introduced me to him but yeah he's he's brilliant in it absolutely brilliant mm. so i tell you i tell you one thing that i noticed very early on and this is a this will only uh you'll only have caught this if you owned a casio watch in in the early 90s <laughs> so which many when, people when, did <laughs> Oh, everybody did, to be fair. So so it's surprising that this got through the edit. But when um, Dennis Hopper's on the phone to Keanu, Jack, telling him about the bus, and for some reason, I don't... Und- Again, I get why he has to tell him which bus it is and where it's going and all that kind of stuff and, and what time it's leaving the depot or whatever he says. Yeah. Because that makes the film, right? Jack, we need Jack to be on that bus. Yeah. Um, but so Jack, he gives him the details. Jack looks at his watch, and it's eight oh five. Yeah. But if you if you know Casio watches, the actual screen that is on on his watch is for the alarm. It says AL in the top left hand corner. Oh. So clearly they've gone. We need it to say eight oh five persistently on this watch. We don't want to keep resetting it. Yeah. So Every we'll just go we on to the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's clearly just like somebody set the alarm for eight oh five and they're trying to pass it off as being eight oh five as the actual time. That's a nice little But that that was detail. that was a crack yeah. Yeah. Nineties yeah, yeah, yeah. details. Do you know it's interesting you should bring up the nineties detail of the Casio watch is I watched this again with my wife and she was she was watching it, um looking at all the stuff that they're wearing. And she's looking oh, at right, all the okay. fashion trash. She's going plaid like, shirts and stuff. She's like, that's back in fashion. That's back in fashion. Like nineties gear now at the minute. Really, like teens and stuff. Yeah, is really well. Like great. what? What so are we looking th- at? For instance, that opening scene. He's got what's um, on what is known as a shacket. <laughs> like so. Oh like, yeah, I love like a, a shacket. Shirt, a shirt, yeah. a heavy, real heavy shirt. You could wear like mm. a jacket just as an extra layer to yes. keep you warm. Um, what Sandra Bullock is wearing again. The, the tank top, the shorts, um, the boots with the socks rolled down up above it. Oh, yeah. And, like all the stuff that she's wearing, you just see on like a H&M or a, uh, a Zara or a Boohoo or a flipping Zalando ad. Wow, so here we are 30 years on. 30 years on. It's and just it's... like when we were young, like I suppose in the 90s, people were like, oh, I like 70s stuff. I really like 60s and 70s 60s stuff, and 70s yeah. 70s retro gear. Retro now mm. is 
90s so teenagers would watch speed and go oh look that's cool that's really awesome what cool he's yeah like look at that gear he's yeah. got on see where again where our parents would look at what we were wearing and go oh i used to wear that yeah but not think it's cool now in the same way yeah i used to wear that kind of stuff but i don't think that's cool now so we we have just become our parents, haven't we? Yeah, I'm not going to be yeah. reliving the 90s myself. No, other than no, thank maybe you. with a bit of nostalgia watching TV. Yeah, watching films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I tell you what, this is another 90s thing. In almost all the films we've watched so far, there's always a sassy black man. <gasps> like, j- j- So, <laughs> yes. Like a really... Almost racially, racially stereotyped black man. Um, Yes. So in this instance, played by this episode's um, Hollywood working class hero. (laughs) He is known. And again, you would see him in movies and go, I know him. He's in this movie. Uh, In this instance, played by Glenn Plummer. So that's for those. Oh, I know that name. Glenn. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't know his name, but you know his face. No, his face. It's Glenn Plummer, known. And what for... else is he? So this is Tune Man, right? The guy, the in guy the black... in the he's Jaguar. Known, he's known in the credits as Jaguar Man. <laughs> right. Okay. Jaguar so, Man. Jaguar Man, and he is in another movie, which is actually a favourite of mine. I might even suggest it as to one we watch, um, because it's a good movie. Albeit, I actually really enjoy it not just for its cheesy and or funny moments. Um, okay. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. He plays. Oh, yeah. In that. Um, he's also in tons of like TV series. So he was in Dexter. He was in Southland, which was an LA cop uh, series, which I really enjoyed. Um, he was in Showgirls um, oh, right. back in the day. Uh, and a whole host of other movies that you will have seen him in, but never known his name. So Glenn Plum- yeah. Plummer, Jaguar Glenn Man Plummer. in Speed. Jaguar Man. He was also, now, he, he, I, I fell victim to my mum's gasps during his parts in the film. It was like, always like, mm. oh, ooh, ooh, goodness me, he's swearing a lot, isn't he, Jaguar Man? He uses the shush word a lot. <laughs> 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 yeah, he does. Jaguar Man. So yeah, that it does seem to be a bit of a recurring theme, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think it's because there are no main characters in this that, that obviously the the bus driver is black, and and in fact we've got your mate from um, uh, Terminator Two, uh, um, Miles Benedict Dyson, Mac with a yes. moustache. He's also, Mac. Uh, in fact, let me get his name because I know it's <laughs> Hollywood working class hero Joe Morton. Of course. Joe, Joe Joe Morton. Joe Morton, yeah. Right, okay. So and what Ter- else has he been in? Terminator. Terminator in, too, yeah. Um, American Gangster with Denzel Washington. Oh, okay. Uh, he's in, again, tons of other movies, which you will know him from, as an, uh, an anonymous part filler. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, t- the only one I re- recognised him from was, was Terminator 2, but... But yeah, so it's, it is this like I, I do have a problem with this sassy these sassy black characters because they are just like very two one dimensional characters and they are just there to give a bit of comic relief. Really, they they 
they don't really bring anything and they don't really bring anything to the film and it's just a mm. yeah it's a it's a bit a bit naff really do you think but it's a being, very 90s thing do you think we're being touchy in our observation of that or do you think do you think that uh people of color would watch and go oh awesome we're being represented there i found him funny as well or do you think they go oh mm. flipping it just another hollywood stereotype it's easy for I us to have depends. this conversation as two white fellas. Yeah. Like, from... well, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's not for us to say, really. Mm. But I I just think... Uh, but I, it's just something I've noticed recently. So, yeah, in The Rock, it was the tram driver. Mm. In this, it's it's Jaguar Man. Um, I can't... It, I mean, even in Dark Man, the, the he wasn't really start, sassy. The fella at the, the start. But the dude at the start, like, the... the He's almost like a pimp, isn't he? As well, the, gang like the, leader. the boss, the gang leader, is 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 a bit like that because he he was really fickle. Like uh, one thing I forgot to say, Dark Man. So when he comes in and he's like the first character we see, isn't he? This this kind of like rival crime boss, mm. and he he kind of makes all he, he cracks a joke and makes all of his henchmen start laughing. And in an instant, he's so fickle. In an instant, he's just like cut the crap. And it's like, hang on, mate, you've you've just you've just made a joke. We've just reacted to your joke, and he's just like, right, back to business. Anyway, um, but yeah, so because the only other real black character in this entire film is Mac, who is running the, running the police op, really. You yeah, know, yeah. so but but it's just maybe just in numbers. There's you know, it's it's a very white film. It's a higher proportion, certainly as well, of, of mm. stereotypes than actual yeah. legit characters isn't it and flipping Keanu Reeves right this Jack so he's he's, he's on the bus it, there's also the Mexican <laughs> fella on the bus as well what the, the the one who thinks he's there for him well there's or two the, I suppose there's two there's Ortiz well, and then I there's could, the guy who thinks he's there for him yeah well I couldn't I couldn't work work out whether or is his was that his name Ortiz Ortiz yeah. well whether he was like a uh, like a Native American, like a like a f- First Nations, I couldn't I couldn't work out whether he was Mexican or with a name like or... Ortiz. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But it's the way he it, he addresses him as like Gigantor. He never tries to. It's like it, these are hostages. They're in a high high kind of like stress situation, and he like pulls this random name out, like almost like a bit of an insult because he's so big. So he's like mm. Gigantor, and it's like just ask him his name. <laughs> Doesn't name, take mate? two seconds just to go. What's your, yeah? What's your name, mate? You help. Oh no, because he was responsible for the bus driver getting shot, wasn't he? Because he he had that situation under control and then oh he thought he Gigant- gigantor took yeah took saw an opportunity to disarm the the, the other guy and, and and what's his name what's the bus driver's name i can't remember sam. but he he get sam yeah and he gets shot in the shoulder so it's kind of kind of ortiz's fault so maybe he was just annoyed and he yeah. so he called but I, I did feel that was a bit a bit much really just to go like gigantor yeah I suppose one of the things, uh, yeah. Can we talk about one of the most iconic moments of the film? Is and it the bus jump? It's the bus jump. Yeah. Now, yeah. The the bus jump. So this mm. was the clip back in the day that if you were going to see like a little bit of a teaser clip, or yes. if you saw the trailer or whatever it was, mm. 
this was the clip that you saw that everybody this is it. knew yeah. was synonymous with speed. Mm. And there's the portion, obviously, they're trying to keep up to 50 miles an hour. And they've yeah. managed to get onto this piece of uh, closed motorway. Um, mm-hmm. But they soon established that there's a portion of the motorway flyover that they're on that is not finished. And there's a big gap yeah. in it. Of course there mm-hmm. is. Um, of course. And therefore, what's the only way they're going to be able to? <laughs> they're going to be able to to bridge that gap. It's going to be to absolutely floor it and see if we can clear um, mm. the gap. Spoiler alert: Of course they do. It's Hollywood. However, <laughs> yeah. I have some major issues with this. There's a couple of things which I'm just like, hang on. So, so no. does science and gravity. They have <laughs> science, some major issues. Gravity, trajectory, <laughs> physics, physics <yeah>. basic <laughs> physics and engineering would dictate that this is not happening. So the first yeah. thing is. As they're approaching this flyover, like most good flyovers, the road remains relatively relatively level for a long period of time. So, yes. So yes. that the gap that they are bridging is essentially level with the other side yeah. that they're jumping mm-hmm. from. So yes. you've got like a five to six, seven ton bus that's going mm-hmm. at, let's say, probably maximum. 60 miles an hour yeah 60 70 at a real push push. yeah but bear in mind they're going uphill but essentially yes it is a slight there's a slight incline not that much and yeah you've got to bridge what how big did they say the gap is as well 50 feet 50 feet i thought i think it was 50 feet it might have been more i thought it was 50 mate no it is 50 feet i can picture i can hear keanu reeves say it's 50 feet um, yeah, which is a lot. It is a lot. So what's it that is. in me- What's that in meters? Hang on, two, oh, six. So it's just under just under ten meters. Ten meters, yeah. So that's longer than a bus, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, is what you have to bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're approaching this gap, which is perfectly level at sixty mile an hour, as soon as you hit the edge of that gap, that bus is going to do nothing. But Sorry, my my maths is way out. It's 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 way more than eight. It's way more than ten meters. <laughs> ten meters. It's like more like fifth. It's more like fifteen. Fifteen to twenty. 15 to 20 closer okay. to twenty. Yeah. So, which is massive. That's which is huge. huge. Yeah, that's that's way bigger than a bus. So, either way, when you get to that level gap, all the only way you're going to go down, no matter how fast you're going, you're just going to go down. And the only difference your yes. speed is going to make is how fast you then go down to the floor. You're going to, you're going to plummet to the floor either at 50 yeah. to 70 miles an hour. Um, yeah. And then when they get to the point where they're jumping, not only that, it like full on ramps up. Lunches. Like, yeah. The, 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 the front of the bus goes miles up into the air, get like, like, full uh, on, like a huge angle. Yeah, yeah. Like full on hang time in the air. Yeah. And then you get yeah. the shot where it goes up. You see it go up and then it flies over the top of the camera. You see the cord down. Yes. And then it floats down onto the onto the other side of the bridge, which miraculously, after you've seen the sequence cut together, seems way lower than it was when yeah. we saw it from a, mm-hmm. a perfectly square side angle. Yeah. And yeah, I wasn't buying it. I'm sorry. No matter how heroic and or special yeah. Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves are, they were all dead at that point. Spectacular, oh, yeah. well, spectacularly they're, they're, at, dead. At best, 
they would have ploughed into the side of the other yeah. part of the road, like yeah. kind of like taken the roof off the, mm. the top of the bus as it as it fell down into that into that portion of the yeah. uh, the freeway. Yeah, th- there's no way, and it, and it does ruin an otherwise plausible film. But they had to put, I suppose, like if you're thinking about the idea of how many conundrums can we place in their path as a result of them mm. having to stick to 50 miles an hour. A gap in the road had yeah. to be there, didn't it? You've got traffic, well, yeah. you've got um, mm-hmm. not being able to slow down, people, yeah. you saw the kids, oh, the kids, the, the, you saw the, the, pram, kids, yeah. the pram moment the pram, where you think yeah. she's hit a baby in the pram and it's not it's just mm. again another bum woman with a load of cameras <laughs> um just kicking off because you just devastated her life savings of <laughs> and um and then the kids you've got other cars you've got all these other things i suppose a gap in the road had to be written into into that yeah space. because once once they get onto an open freeway which has got no traffic on yeah you, you've reduced the jeopardy so you've got to introduce something but but it's got to be believable but mm. it doesn't because it's fine because people love this film i still really like the film mm-hmm. despite that gaping plot hole the 50 foot plot hole in the road yeah and then of course he takes it onto the the airport which is again yes. a more plausible idea a smart idea like oh, okay yep totally that would totally work mm. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so we've talked a little bit about favorite moments were there any other favorite moments for you in the movie well can i talk about the only other unplausible moment in it please do which is towards the end so they've got everybody off the bus mm-hmm. uh they they go into go and try and capture Dennis Hopper um, by putting the money. They he doesn't know the bus has exploded for reasons, and um, so they're going to go catch him. They take her, who's just a normal civilian who's just undergone this really terrifying ordeal, and instead of taking her to the hospital, they take her to the scene of where the drop-off is going to be <laughs> and, and where this this terrorist is going to be in the vicinity somewhere and she gets kidnapped by the terrorist. So I, th- I, I didn't... Again, I understand why they did it. Um, but that that's another implausible... Yeah. She had it coming, yeah. didn't she, really? Yeah, she was... Just yeah, sitting this getting... ambulance metres away from where Dennis Hunt yeah. was going to take his 3.7 million. Yeah, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so other other bits I really liked. Um, well, I I I I I just think it's it is still a really good action packed mm. film. Yeah. I think it I think it holds up. I think it works. I think Keanu Reeves is I I never think he's the best actor. He's always a little bit wooden. Even in Point Break, which I love, he's not great in it. Mm-hmm. Like he's. He, just the way he delivers his lines and stuff is 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 a bit weak. You know, he's I not the most naturalistic kind of yeah. uh, actor. I think it works though because they usually get him in these like all American um, mm. hero type roles. Yeah, you're going to be this clean yeah. cut. You're not going to be too likable, natural people person. You're going to be this, you know, by the book. 
kind of guy mm. who does. Oh, but I suppose he's not too by the book in this, is he? But he's still very much, no. very much the the, the law abiding citizen, and he he yes. stops at nothing to see justice done. Um, yeah, and therefore it kind of works a little bit because he's just he's fulfilling that that stereotype of the the clean cut cop getting his yeah. coffee and getting his coffee and his muffin in the morning. Yeah, kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, and that, and I, another thing that I really liked is so the tourist who uh, the tourist character who was in Ferris Ferris Bueller's Ferris Bueller, mate, yeah. or or for people who are more in the. Uh, in the zeitgeist right now plays con roy in succession mm-hmm. um which everybody's talking about right now joel if you've not watched succession you should watch succession it's got one of my favorite actors in it the the guy who's thingy cox is it brian cox brian not cox. the professor yeah he's, he's brilliant in it well, i like well, him from con- sharp he played Hogan in sharp which is going ah, back about 30 years as well. yeah 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 <laughs> Um, well, but he was I also in the Bourne. This... He was in the Bourne films as well, wasn't he? He was. He was in the Bourne films. Um, I, so I don't know what this this actor's name is, but he, the the tourist guy Conroy, he, I, I, and our mothers would approve because when um, he's relating what's being said as is he's looking under the bus <laughs> and I can't remember how what swear word Keanu Reeves says, but he uses a swear word and he translates it as. Oh, Darren. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, that, I thought just... our, our mothers would approve, <laughs> would approve of that. Indeed. Um, and he always of... plays a non-threatening character. And yeah, that, you know, does, in everything he? I've ever seen him, he's, he's, he, he's, he's pretty bland in his kind of um, range, I think. Just non-threatening characters. Yeah. Well, the other standout, again, I suppose it's another Dennis Hopper moment, is right at the end where... Um, he has got the money. He's got Sandra Bullock. Uh, he knows mm-hmm. Jack's after him. On still. the train. They're on the train. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then his money gets blitzed with all the purple ink and it's ruined. And, mm. he gets, he properly and he's mad. Off. He is yeah. enraged. Um, <laughs> and to the point where he literally it's becomes incandescent with rage. Mm, and he just goes, mm-hmm. he, he just, he abandons Sandra Bullock at this point and just goes, ah! <laughs> <And he> just <laughs> runs, runs screaming down the train, looking for a door, a way out, just so he can exact his revenge on Keanu yeah. Reeves because they've, they've hooked him up with all this booby-trapped money. <laughs> so, yeah. If it if there's one thing we can establish from Dennis Hopper's range is that he does rage well, really well, really really well. Again with with so with that bit, so they fight on top of the train, and Keanu Reeves holds Dennis Hopper's head up so that it'll be knocked off by a passing light or something. Yeah. Does he say something to him in preparation for that about to happen? Does he like kind of? I know he's. He says, does he say to Sandra Bullock afterwards, he lost his head? Or he, he made there's he that kind lost... of Bond, Bond-esque comment. Yeah. So he said he's he's busy telling Keanu Reeves throughout the whole film, he's one step ahead of him and he's like going, I'm, I'm right. smarter than you, I'm smarter than yeah. you. And then he holds his head up, gets knocked off and then he goes, but I'm taller. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> So that's, that's his. Got to do with anything. 
Ian. Yeah, well, because he just he literally, he literally is, isn't he? Oh, because now he is taller because he's lost. He's knocked his head off. He's knocked his right head clean off. Right, so he's uh, he's lost eight inches of his of his overall height because he now longer no longer has a head. Got it. That makes sense now. I didn't understand that, but now it's explained. I get it. I don't know why I did get that. Good. Well, if there are no other moments and lines, I think... Oh, sorry. I've got one more thing to say about okay. this film. And it is... This is worse than the awful bus jump, which is the end sequence song that goes over the credits. The song over it? the credits. It's a, it's a song I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. And I'm utterly ashamed. So it's a song called Speed... Right. by Billy Idol. Beautiful. So if you can imagine Billy Idol in 1994, mm-hmm. he hasn't really come out of the 80s. He's still very much <laughs> Billy Idol as Billy Idol was in the 80s. Yeah. So you got to think, 1994, I looked up some kind of albums that came out around this time. So you've got Nirvana, a massive... Pearl Jam, the whole grunge thing has exploded, oh, yeah. right? It's absolutely everywhere. We're well into it. We're now kind of seeing Oasis. We're seeing um, Blur. We're seeing, I'm, but I'm also trying to think of like big bands in America. But it's it's Nirvana. It's Metallica. It's that kind of, you know, grunge. Mm-hmm. Grunge is everywhere. So why they get Billy Idol in, I have I have no clue. But you should. I sort of encourage you to go listen to it, but also at the same time, don't bother. But this, these are some, these are just, I've picked a few lyrics out and it's a, <laughs> so the, the chorus go, I'm, I'm not going to sing it, but it just goes, the lyrics are let's speed on speed on wheels on wheels. <laughs> and that, that's pretty much the chorus. It just repeats that. It's, it's honestly terrible. It's or absolutely awful and I think I think it's the worst ending to, uh, to a film that you could ever be possibly imagined I can't imagine what they were thinking putting this awful song on the on this on the end of this film because it's terrible um yeah but apart from that I thought it I thought it was good I still enjoyed it it's it's not perfect there's there's a lot of plot holes mm. um and the fi- the final line is is a real odd odd line to go out on because they've said throughout this whole thing about like relationships being built on um, tense situations won't yeah. last. Yeah. So Sandra Bullock goes, "Well, we'll just base it on sex then," and the film ends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think on that note, we'll leave it right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back another time with two more great films uh, hopefully with exceptional closing lines such as that one